No up in chains. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. You see the angels in heaven done called my name. No, I've been changed. I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. You see the angels in heaven done. Sign my name. Thank you for letting me do that. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Sonia Whitaker podcast. I, um, as I like to do, I'm coming to you raw and authentic. I am not a singer and I do not profess to be, but I have been changed. I am coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, where I have just had a tour of the National African American Museum. And uh, and when I left out of the museum, and actually while I was in the middle of the actual tour, I was changed. It seems like I am always changing. Uh, a good friend of mine said recently, Doc, you're always reinventing yourself. I agree with that. But with regards to this particular post, um, Again, I, I'm just coming to you raw and in I'll, I'll say a changed state. I felt changed because I think it's important as an educator that and as educators that we're always willing to um, to stop and reflect on our practices and and that we're always willing to recognize when there's something that we can do better. And actually, um, I'll share, I don't know where I got this from. It actually, now that I think about it, it was a commercial. And um, I'm sure I'll tell parts of it's wrong, but I'll just say it in the way that I remember. Um, and it was a commercial for, um, I'll just say a sandwich restaurant. So I don't call the name of the place. And and in this commercial, the uh, the manager of the sandwich restaurant said that he often comes in early and he watches his staff like knead the dough and knead the dough and knead the dough and do everything that they need to do real early in the morning before everybody gets there. And uh, and one day he said he stepped back after watching his team rather uh, do the work. He looked at, at what they were doing and he said, what else can we get right? And I really liked that because that was, it was positive. And so uh, I guess that's the spirit by which I enter into this uh, very real and authentic dialogue with you. It is um, the spirit by which I'd like to encourage us as educators to ask ourselves more often than not, what else can we get right as it relates to educating America's black and brown children? With that being said, again, as I made this tour, 
I had to come to terms with the fact that I believe as educators, myself included, that we must do, not should do at this point, that we must do a better job of allowing Black history and Black culture and everything that is rich about it to infuse our curriculum. And that's not just good for Black students. That's good for white students also. You see, at, at the at this very, very moment, I'm also reflecting on the fact that a family friend of ours um, essentially was murdered recently. And the only thing he was doing was driving in the streets of Chicago, Dan, Dan Ryan. And, um, and um, he was shot. He was shot. And um, just over a week or so later, he he died. He was murdered. Um, and so you may say, well, Doc, what does that have to do with music and Nashville? And where are we going with this? You see, I got changed in the museum because I was reminded that in slavery, slavery and beyond, my people, people that look like me, used music as a form of liberation. They, they used music, the sound of music, their ability to write music, their ability to sing Negro hymns and the like, to liberate themselves, to motivate themselves, to experience self-actualization. And that was intentional. And so I tie that to the senseless killing of people that look like me to, to the fact that far too many of us have not been taught that we matter. Far too many of our students, to be quite frank, don't know Black history, don't know that music was used to keep us alive. Don't know that in part we made it out of slavery. Well, I'll say more than in part, we made it out of slavery because of our faith in ourselves. But through that, we leaned on music and, and, and we wrote songs. And so I tie that to the killings that are taking place. I'll just call it what it is, black on black crime. Not just in the city of Chicago, I'm not picking on the city of Chicago, I love Chicago. But I, I, I connect that in part to us not having a full appreciation for who we really are. To be quite frank, I believe our ancestors would roll over in their grave if they knew what we were doing. I think they would be really, really ashamed if they knew what we were doing. Because we're better than that. We're better than that. I'll move this conversation closer to the classroom 
And to suggest that, and you can tell I get a little uncomfortable with this because it's risky. Talking about this stuff is really risky. I don't have a script. I started to write something down, but I just, I didn't feel like it. I just wanted to be honest with and raw with my thinking. And so in terms of moving this conversation to closer to the classroom, um, when I started talking about uh, culturally responsive teaching, so very often I would refer to um, literacy, literacy education. And now I've started to move the conversation some toward culturally responsive mathematics instruction. And we all know that with regards to social studies curriculum, that there needs to be more of an emphasis on teaching for social justice. What I haven't talked about, and yes, this is a growth moment. I am growing in front of you, which is why I take time to kind of journal my process. Um, I haven't really talked about music education from a cultural responsive lens. And I think that one, I'm going to own that. I need to to learn more, I guess. Uh, not I guess, I know. But I also, while I'm learning and evolving, need to continue to, to lead and to encourage others and more specifically teachers to music teachers to develop an appreciation for Black culture as it relates to music education. I think every music teacher in America, whether they're Black or white or Asian or Latino, regardless of their ethnic background, should know how Black folks used music to liberate themselves. And I don't think it should be like one unit or one chapter. I think it should be the uh, curriculum this topic should be infused throughout all aspects of music education. I don't think that I should visit a, um, a music concert with black, brown or white students and not one Negro hymn um, as it used to be referred to um, is song, is it's, it's saying. Um, I don't think that it's okay for us not to practice the policy of intentionality as it relates to the implementation of more culturally responsive instruction in the music education classroom, bottom line. This connection to violence, our children are listening to a lot of music, you all. They're listening to it. You know, my son, he has headsets now that's almost as big as his head. So I can't even hear what he's listening to. So at a time, there was a time when you could walk in your child's room and just listen to what they're listening to. So they have the huge headsets and they have the earbuds now. And they're putting all of this uh, information in their head uh, in the form of song. And we don't know what is impacting their thinking. I do believe that far too often now they are listening to music that is not positive. They are far too often listening to music that depicts uh, black girls and uh, and black women 
as less than human, to be quite frank. Um, the use of the N-word and the use of the B-word to refer to the Black woman is not only unacceptable, but it is a contradiction from what Blacks historically have used music to do, and it is a contradiction for what Blacks historically have intended for the outcome of that musical experience to be. And so I'll end by suggesting that I'm going to spend a little more time on this topic, not just podcasting and blogging about it, but also working to ensure that our music education curriculums, again, more accurately uh, depict the history of music from the Black perspective. And I want to do it with others for the purpose of making sure that the truth is told, but equally important, using it to inspire others. You know, I said I was gonna close, but I, I'll share a, a thought that I had a moment ago in the quiet room. And that was, <laughs> what's wrong with a, a white man singing a gospel song? Nothing, what's wrong with an Asian woman singing jazz, nothing. And so I'll, I'll, I'll end by suggesting that this topic, it is inclusive of all cultures. It doesn't just matter to the black community. It matters to all of us. I will end uh, in the words of my, one of my favorite uh, mentors. Thank you very much for giving of your gift your gift of time, and whatever you do, keep hope alive. Keep hope alive.